Hello and welcome to the Mark's Ish Brothers podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. Uh, and this week we are talking about Madawan. But before that, let's get into some news. Cam, I think you had some news for us. Uh, I do. Um, so James Samuel, um, he's an artist. I forget his, his, his musical artist's name. Uh, he's directed, I think, one film. And it's a banger film. It's called The Heart of They Fall. It's a Western. Um, it's on Netflix. It's very good. Um, the lead, the lead is um, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors. So uh, a little bit of grain of salt there. But the rest, the rest of the cast is phenomenal. And um, he's directing a new film called The Book of Clarence. It's a bi- biblical epic, um, but like not. It's set during hmm. the times of Christ, but it's this other guy who wants to be like Jesus. Interesting. That sounds very fascinating. Yeah, um, Lakeith Stanfield is playing Clarence, the aforementioned book, the, the book of, of Clarence, and I love the Lakeith Stanfield. Probably one of the better up and coming actors. I mean, I feel like the people who do know him know him well, and the people who, who don't know know him should know him. Um, yeah, he's just a great performer, and like he was in um, Jews and Black Messiah. He mm-hmm. was in, he was also in the Heart of the, the, the Heart of the Fall. Um, obviously he was in Get Out, he was in a lot. Oh, oh, sorry to bother you. Great film. Um, so yeah, he's been in a lot and now he's getting to be in more. Um, hopefully this gets him a bigger, oh, sorry. Uh, James Samuel's name is The Bullets as an artist. Spelled ah, yes. B-U-L-L-I-T-T-S. Um, he's British. Um, nice. So. Uh, yeah, the movie lo- 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 looks great. And I think you also want to talk about Dune, which will, will yes. lead me into what I want to talk about. Dune got pushed back until March, which sucks that it got pushed back. It's good because it's a week after my, my birthday, so I, I, I get to turn 25. Oh, man, I'm old. Uh, watching a great film by a great director. Ideally, a good film. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I love Dune, the first one, and I love most things that Daniel Villeneuve has done. So, well, there you go. Uh, anyways, but so, well, it sucks that the movie is getting delayed. What is good is that, uh, well, it means that the strike is working because it is disrupting what the movie studios want to do. Yes. So that is, that is a good thing. Um, which leads me into, you know, kind of just the general strike news. The strike is continuing, um, from like sort of the last negotiations, not much has changed. It seems like they both aren't really budging which kind of sucks but also i think as time goes on the writers and actors will have more power because like the studios will start to see you know money and revenue going down because you know you need actors and writers to make content and movies and all that fun stuff so yeah content hate that word yeah uh, there was a whole video about it uh that was i found very interesting by uh, i forgot the youtuber's name all patrick h williams just did one that's probably who i'm talking about yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's on my list nice uh and then that also leads me into my other thing that i want to talk about which is in related to why the strike uh is happening and let me just pull that up so basically uh like we were talking a lot about how like like the AI and like photo scanning stuff is kind of like a big reason why they're striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like one of the the so like a more in depth understanding of that. So uh, discussing film, they're on Twitter. They do a really good job of reporting this sort of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. They just uh, 
sort of I'm gonna read their their tweet here. So uh, casting or central casting, one of the biggest website used by uh, background actors to get work, uh, now requires users to sign away their likeness to be used in any medium without permission. If users don't sign this, they can't apply for any job on the website. Fuck. So that's pretty terrible. Like if yeah. <laughs> if like any other person's boss was like, yeah, like we just have like control over your likeness for the rest of time, you probably wouldn't want to work there. I wouldn't. <laughs> and no, no. So I think it's very reasonable to go on strike and be like, hey, I don't want to do this. So uh, yeah. that's just sort of a, a pro uh union and pro worker stance and kind of hopefully get more people to be like hey this is pretty unreasonable of the companies to want them to do this so uh yeah anyways more news um there was a so first i i am excited about this so there's a new trailer um for the killer yes uh which is the uh uh david fincher's um newest movie Starring Michael Fassbender, which looks amazing. It is. A I, ne- Go ahead. I, sorry, I didn't realize that it was a Netflix original. I had heard. I, I, I seen. I seen a poster for it yesterday. Mm-hmm. The trailer today. I didn't realize that that it was a Netflix original. So yeah, that's so it, pretty exciting. It well, yes and no. So this is where I get into my little ranty section because oh, of course boy. it does. Uh, so yes, it is a Netflix original, uh, but they are doing a limited release on it, um, oh, okay. which might sound like oh that's kind of cool but basically what a limited release means in the streaming world is that they uh, are able to you know get a theoretically get nominated for an oscar or whatever but it also means that if you do a limited release you don't have to pay the actors as much as if it was a full theater release uh so (laughs) basically like there's uh, like because of how the contracts are set up if like it's a limited release they don't get paid as much as if it was like a full theatrical release. So that kind of, that's what annoys me very much. And what uh, uh, this leads us into uh, what we're talking about before we start recording is that killers of the flower moon is no longer a limited release. And it's now going to be, a it's going to be a full, a full IMAX release, which means that the actors will get paid better now because of that. So, that's uh, so exciting. So in the streaming world, Apple, Sadly, does seem to be doing better in terms of its uh, actors. Yes. But I don't want to praise Apple. I just want to say, hey, they're doing the bare minimum, and Netflix, step up. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, no, no praise to Apple, but more like shame on you, Netflix, for not, you know, paying your actors. Uh, which leads me into another worker uh, sort of thing. Let me just pull this up. So, uh, what uh, has been kind of an interesting. Uh, I guess juxtaposition is that Netflix is agreeing to pay royalties to creators in Germany because the EU directed it. <laughs> but uh, in the US, there is no such like legislation, so they do not pay anything, and they're not willing to you know pay the actors residuals, basically. Uh, which is sad and also shows why, you know, it would be nice if the unions had more power in like governance and stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it would just be nice if the government could just, could just go this. Yep. Like, or if, like if also, like like if unions had enough like political power where they could be like, hey, let's make things better for workers, and the government's yeah. like, oh yeah, I guess we should do that, or else we're going to get voted out of office. Yeah, Germany has been doing some pretty base things. They did a really base thing with trans laws, I think, if I recall mm. correctly, or something based, based uh, for. 
Oh, oh man. Yeah. Um, yes, that's good. I love being like, man, it just shows, it just shows how absolutely terrible North America is for workers. Mm-hmm. Cause like if they did the whole, if, 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 let's say Joe Brandon today decided to go, let's do, let's do, do that same thing that Jeremy's doing for our actors. There would be pushback. There'd be congressional hearings. There would be, oh man, Joe Biden's a communist brother and all these <laughs> things. And just like, just shut up, man. Like, just, well, which I'm sure we're going to get into the, uh, with this movie, but basically like the, internal class warfare where it's like oh this person's different from me that means that they're the ones screwing me out of making more money and that yeah, kind of a thing definitely um, not the bosses or the owning class no it's not them because no. well because the whole like sort of north american dream is to be one of those bosses yeah it's like I- i'm not poor i'm just a future rich person <laughs> it- it's sort of the whole mentality but I'm, uh appreciate sure, sure there's, there's, there's a good joke about that in futurama yeah oh great show <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, that's all the news I have. Do you have any more news? Um, Super Stacy's new newest movie after Killers of the Family Moon when he's working on after is another uh, book based uh, um, written by David Grant who wrote Killers of the Thunder Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a, a shipwreck and a potential mutiny. Also starring Leo DiCaprio because Super Stacy is consistent. <laughs> well, there you go. That sounds very good. Uh, yeah, anyways, why don't we get into uh, Madawan? Why don't you start us off with some uh, quick and fun facts? Fast facts. We was came out in 1987. It's directed by and written by John Sayles. Uh, stars Chris Cooper in his film debut, as well as James Earl Jones, um, David Strathairn, and um, oh, oh, Rob Gunton, who I know, who, who I recognize from Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, pretty good. Film, I would say. Oh, but 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 four million dollars grows just under two million, and it's pretty much a completely independent movie, which is yes. pretty cool. Uh, and also, uh, <laughs> I, I have a fun little fact: it is produced by his uh, partner uh, Maggie Ren- uh, Renzi, uh, which uh, she is uh, a producer on almost all of his movies. But it's cool that it's kind of like a uh, a, a couple's project. Uh, which is kind of, kind, of, kind of a fun little fact but uh yeah why don't we get into the movie um it starts off like r- at the beginning of the strike without showing it in kind of the lead up which i kind of thought was kind of cool yeah that we like didn't have to see all like the i guess like the bad things that the coal company was doing we kind of just jump right into seeing the strike and kind of the workers being uh withholding their labor well what'd you think of that kind of start Definitely, it has a really good opening. It's instead of having to like wait, yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of having having the build up to that, it's just it's happening now. You can like you can kind of tell the the conditions are crappy. Mm-hmm. It's just we're, we're into this, and I think it's like a movie that's over two hours. You kind of have to hook and get a good get get, get good good pacing going on from the top, which mm-hmm. I think is we definitely did well. Uh, I have a question for you. Um, how well do you know about like the Wobblies, like the industrial workers of the world? Because they they mention a lot in this movie. Did you have any like pre uh, knowledge before watching this movie? Um, I've heard about IWW. I didn't know that they, they they're called the Wobblies. Um, I know it started by Mother Jones because I know her from the Battle of Blair Mountain, which 
happens after the after this film mm-hmm. chronologically. So. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like, I, like again, I'm a labor student, so I've re- seen like a lot of history. And uh, while this is an American historical movie, uh, there are definitely a lot of parallels to Canadian history, mm-hmm. and I found that it did a really good job of kind of understanding the both the impact of the Wobblies and the IWW. And also <clears throat> that, like, they were pretty much non-existent by the time of this movie. Yep. Because like, of, well, you know, classic leftist uh, infighting and stuff like that. Um, but what I find really interesting is that, like, our main hero is, like, a socialist. Like, uh, Are you red? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Uh, I, I, his name is, is Joe, uh, played by Chris Ken- Cooper. Kennehan. Yes. Joe Kennehan. And uh, I think, like, in this time, like, 1987, to have, like, a socialist as the main protagonist is pretty, I guess, shocking? <laughs> that's, yeah, because that's, like, mid-Reagan. Yeah, like, like, Reagan I, I, like was... this is, like, like Reagan, Bush, uh, era, U.S. <laughs> and uh, it was actually supposed to be made three years before this originally, uh, but they couldn't get the funding. So, uh, just the fact that this movie was made with a socialist as its uh, main character as and portrayed as like a pretty good person, I thought was very fascinating and, and quite uh, impressive that uh, John Sayles was able to make this. You can definitely tell it's independent because like no studio would sign off on a film like this. Like there's nope. there's the, 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 the reason why we haven't had a a film pr- pr- production of the Battle of Blair Mountain. Yeah, as dope as dope as that would be. Mm-hmm. So, this movie kind of gets right into, like, the sort of Christian aspect. So, I want to hear what your thoughts were on that. I loved it. I loved the um, the, the ju- juxtaposing from, like, the, the Christian meeting to the Union meeting. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that, that was great. I like how you have some some, some, some crossover in, in the players there. Like, the the main preacher boy, also a really young preacher, I guess. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. If you have the gift, right? Um, he's also like very pro union, and mm-hmm. uh, well, even like at the first meeting, the guy's like, "Oh man, the scum of Satan, the commies, the Bolsheviks, the union man," and like, man, like they're just trying to like demonize union people in every way they can. And there's a yeah. reason why like union participation has gone down over the last hundred years. Sadly, big sad. Well, even mainly like the past fifty years, like since the seventies, is uh, like it reached its high point in the seventies and been going down drastically since then. Right. I'm not saying that every problem starts with Ronald Reagan, but like it did, it didn't help anything. I mean, in in a way, it started with, uh, I mean, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> as as much as he, yeah. he's probably like one of the best presidents. Uh, yeah. That's a people. very low bar. He still was pretty not great with labor and stuff like that. So. Uh, I'd say it started with that. Workers then started to get frustrated, so that's why they voted in Reagan to hopefully bring back their uh, their stuff. And then Reagan kept on chugging down worker rights. Uh, but anyways, uh, going back to that first meeting, like where like you kind of see the two pastors kind of giving very different views. Um, yeah. I thought that was a very good, I guess, kind of understanding of how Christianity is used by both the right and the left as tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, like now, Christianity is not like almost completely seen as a tool of right-wing politics, right? Uh, like, yes. particularly in the States, like, you see it, Christianity as uh, 
like demonizing others and kind of just helping a very small minority of people to gain and keep their power. But back yeah. in the in in this era, like uh, I don't know how much you know about like the social gospel, but that was a huge oh oh very very much yeah. So I I did I did a whole paper on uh, Walter Rauschenbusch. When, you know, I was in you know, I was in uni. Well, there you go. Yeah, so like I think that this does a really good job of kind of showing how powerful at that time the social gospel was in inspiring mm-hmm. people, and uh, I think that um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Danny, the the Danny. young young pastor boy. Uh, and minor, a minor and a, a, a minor, a minor and a pastor. <laughs> minor, <laughs> classic. Yes, uh, and I think that uh, he does a really good job of kind of embodying uh, the social gospel. But w- w- what do you think mm-hmm. of that? Yeah, it was great. I I love to see Christian representation among like lefty roles because like I feel like especially now because modern day Christianity is so it, it well. Like, I always say that, like, the, the Bible can, if you're going to use the Bible in politics, you can literally defend or oppose any position with it. The, the Bible can read reads into it what you want to, right? Yeah. There's, there's a reason why it's been used on both on like both sides of many issues throughout, throughout history, from slavery to feminism to insert issue here, gay rights. There's still, like, a prominent LGBT community that is Christian. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, any issue, the Bible can be used to, to defend or, or oppose it, which mm-hmm. is good. And it's nice, nice, nice to see that done so well in this in, in, in this film. It, it, like the Christian people aren't demonized, like some, some of them are racist, and some of them aren't, aren't, and some of them are pro union, some of them aren't. It's, yeah, yeah. And, and that brings me into a, another good thing. I think what this movie does uh, really well is show how capitalism uses racism as a tool to gain more power um and i i think this also this movie also handles very well as like how north america particularly but like the whole world but like uh, in this uh, particular instance north america was built on uh quote unquote like others so like mm-hmm. here like it's like uh black workers and italian workers how mm-hmm. uh like they really were like a backbone of uh, building stuff uh, here in canada uh, like indigenous and Asian workers were kind of like the, yep. the the backbone of a lot of stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. And what this movie I think does a really good job is show like how capitalism needs and uses hierarchy. So like uh, you 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 have to look at like in capitalism you have to look at how uh, class, race, and gender all kind of interact with each other. Yes. Like by having like a, a white male on the top, it means that even if like a white male is poor. They can be like, well, at least I'm not a woman. At least I'm not black, or like, <laughs> like that kind of a thing, and yeah. like how capitalism uses that as a way of dividing workers. So exactly, yes. Like, uh, like here, I think particularly it shows like, oh, like they probably like hired Italians, uh, black workers, and like just the regular uh, West Virginiaers as yeah. uh, by having them like all divided and like from different backgrounds, they're able to make sure that they don't unionize. And that was a known tactic is by getting people from a bunch of different backgrounds would yep. mean that they wouldn't like want to join together to, to do anything against the capitalists. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Definitely. Well, even like in modern times, modern day, like the media, like, the capitalist on media is like, it's so divisive on purpose Yeah. because if we're so busy fighting amongst ourselves, we're not going to fight them. Them mm-hmm. being the powers that be 
the, 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 the owning class, the ruling class. Exactly. Uh, like as uh, uh, Chris Cooper uh, kind of says, basically there's those who work and those who don't. And, uh, <laughs> and that's, that's basically it, right? Like there's people who get rich off of not working and there's people who work and don't get rich. So yeah. uh, <laughs> those are basically the two sides. And I think yeah. this movie does a really good job of uh, both understanding that we like as people are always going to be somewhat divided because of culture and stuff yeah. and how capitalists will exploit that. But also on the other hand, how uh, we should and can kind of get over our differences to be able to actually get meaningful uh, things done that help everyone kind of thing. And I think this movie does. Yeah. Don't, don't mind all the sirens. Busting tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I live on like the busiest street. So uh, yeah. Sorry, listeners. Hopefully, you can't hear it too clearly. Yeah. Uh, I uh, go ahead. Sorry, I was I, I saw a newspaper today when I was at the gas station because around here, um, one one part of the government workers just just finished striking, and now another part of the government workers are going on strike now, mm-hmm. and just, I was looking at the way that the article phrased it. Like, oh, booze workers are back on, but now MPI is is on strike. It's like man, like. Specifically, using the word booze instead of MLCC or like, mm-hmm. or yeah, like it was just like this. I can see what they're doing and I hate it, yeah, so much. Uh, like, like, they were like, Oh, like, how dare they be so greedy for get wanting more money when without realizing, like, hey, like, if one group of people makes more money, it means that raises like wages will raise for everyone, like. Yeah. Because then you can be like, oh, look, they're making more money. That means I should also be ma- ma- be making more money. And, like, there's ripple effects when workers gain more money. And you shouldn't be angry when one group of workers makes more money because it, in theory, raises wages for everyone. And I don't know. Exactly. Just so, Solidarity is very important. That's why, uh, you know, the good old union song, Solidarity Forever, is, like, one of my favorite tunes. And it's <laughs> Solidarity is the best thing you can do for workers' rights without, without having a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, literally, like, solidarity is one of the most important things. I, I know, like, leftist infighting is a classic trope, but at the end, at, at the end of the day, solidarity gets the goods, right? Like, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, I think this movie, again, going back to it, does a really good job of understanding class war. Yes. And I think, uh, like, like I said, mentioned earlier, like, there's like uh, how uh, Joe is like. Yeah, like there's like only two people, those who work and those who don't, which is, I think, a very uh, enlightened phrase. Um, A really interesting thing that I found in this movie is how he's like, uh, like, I refused to go to war. So I was in prison for two years uh, because I didn't want it. Like, like all war is, is basically uh, worker on worker Mm -hmm. when it's making the capitalists rich. And, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that, like, basically, the, what I think that the, uh, one of the kind of themes and messages of this movie is that class war is the only meaningful war that will actually help people, and yeah. that like war, war just ends up in regular people dying while people on top don't feel the effects really. Yeah. Also, I love the Mennonite reference in that scene. Yeah. Or or or, or, or yeah, I guess that's the later scene where we, we, we talked about being in prison, meeting the meeting the Mennonites. Who refused to bear arms? I'm like, oh, that's the, the, those are the, those are my, my people. Those, yeah, uh, I love seeing again. I mean, it, you, you can take it. We can get a, like a, a, a Mennonite reference in a movie that people have seen. 
Yeah. And what I did find really interesting is how this movie seems to, like, with, like, the socialist who, like, you'd always think is, like, kind of the one spurring the trouble, he's always kind of trying to resist reactionary things. Yes. Which I think is a very interesting and important thing to look at as a leftist. Because, like, like so often, like, we, we see, like, reactionary responses to a lot of things without sort of, like, a thoughtful response that, like, usually ends up, like, hurting people. Like, yeah. uh, like a big one, like, let's say, with, like, LGBTQ plus rights in, uh, where, where was it? Uh, I think Matt Healy was in, I think, the Philippines. And he, yes. and he basically was like, I don't know, like gay rights oh, or whatever. Oh, he kissed, he oh. kissed his, his bandmate. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and then like that basically made things a lot worse for the people who were actually there because yeah. it, it basically like they're like on the ground. So they know what's going to happen. They're like, by like you feeling like you could freely do this means that the government's like, oh, we're not being strict enough. So now we're going to like clamp down way harder on, uh, like LGBTQ plus rights, which like shows kind of like, Oh, like just like reactionary, like, Oh, like, uh, I support LGBTQ plus rights. So I'm just going to kiss someone. That's a very reactionary sort of thing to do. Right. And mm-hmm. it's not really thoughtful and actually like working with the community there to get something mm-hmm. good done. And I think that that's an interesting perspective and a very nuanced uh, perspective that this movie kind of, uh, wrestles with and does like a yes. very good job of kind of challenging the audience to be like, like sometimes are reactionary Paul to like, uh, like ideas needed? Like let's say like running around like with a gun to like defend uh, each other. Is that sometimes yeah. needed or should we always be kind of like pacifists uh, trying to keep the peace, uh, trying to always be level headed or is that like unrealistic? But uh, what were yeah. your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, well he says multiple, or uh, Chris Cooper says like, as soon as you like pick up a gun and start shooting, they win. Mm-hmm. Like, because either the media it's gonna be on the on their side, like people from neighboring towns will be against you. Like you, you can't build solidarity through violence. Yeah. Usually, depending on on the context, um, unless you're like I don't know the rebel lines, <laughs> but, or like whatever revolution whatever. But like in America, you can't because America is I want to say too far gone for like a, a, for an armed revolution. They did it one time, and then that's never never gonna happen again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but like, does he, okay, the, sorry, this is going to the, to, to the third act. The gunfight happened so quick. Yeah. I wanted to, to, to watch it again, but I didn't. But <laughs> like, does Chris Cooper have a gun at the end? Uh, I don't remember seeing it. Yeah. I was just wondering, I don't he yells now or like, get down, like he yells something. He yells, uh, no. No, okay. Yeah. And yeah. Then that, 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 that's the, the spur of events that... That happens so quick. It's, it's, it's like last ten minutes, all of a sudden, like, oh, everyone just got killed. And <laughs> well, like five. It, it happens so quick. Yeah. Which, like, Aang is a more accurate depiction of a gun, of gun balance. Like, like I remember, like, uh, I checked the time. Okay, this movie's got to be almost done, right? And, like, they had been building action. But I feel like some of the building action just doesn't build to anything. Yeah, like, like it's definitely like a slow burn. Uh, yeah. I, I think 
it does the slow burn better than a lot of other movies because yes. like I find it like it's an interesting slow burn. Sometimes slow burns are like, oh, like when's this? Like you're checking your phone, you're like, what time is it? Like how much yes. longer do I have? Whereas this movie, I was I was pretty engrossed the whole time. I think it did a good yeah. job of weaving all the plot points together, um, and I think like it was a really well done uh, kind of like I would call this like like a either an epic or a semi epic. Yeah, and like usually those are pretty dry, and I think this does a job of a good job of not being too dry. And it did a great job of separating the characters. Yeah. Um, what I love that it does is that it lets the audience know something before the characters know. Yeah. Um, so when you find out that Bob that Bob Gunton is actually a detective, a it puts things in, in, in perspective. Of, okay, that's how they, they they know where the camp is. That that's how they know X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, but we find out that he's a, a spy. Uh, one character knows that, that he's a spy, but the character, that character ends up being, well, like almost dead. So, like, so, the, so the the other characters don't don't know that, but we do, and that leads to, to some really neat action, which I feel like mm-hmm. doesn't get to be. I don't see it as much as, as much as, as I would like. We're like, it was done really well in this. We're like a character, we're like the audience knows something, a, a character knows, but the main cast doesn't. That's yeah. a really neat. I feel like it is definitely hard to balance. There's a reason why you don't see it often. Mm-hmm. When it's done right, it's amazing. I love that trope, or not not, not trope, but like that that style of that that, that framing of or that the framing of a problem, of yeah. a conflict. And going back to that, I think that does like again this this movie is based on like a true event, so uh, I think that's important to note that we probably should know it earlier, but oh well. Um, yeah. But what I think this does is a really good job of showing how, like, it is a pretty historic thing to have like cops infiltrate leftist movements yes like like here in canada it has been a thing where rcmp like we're uh, so like uh, like a big part of uh why the rcmp were created um was like so like uh here let let me get into a little history lesson Uh, (laughs) very quick uh sort of labor history so uh uh, before the RCMP, uh, for those not in Canada, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, uh, there was the Northwest Mounted Police, and the Northwest yes. Mounted Police were created basically to control Indigenous people and get them off the land for the rail companies. Yes. Uh, their predecessor, the RCMP, um, as my uh, labor history teacher put it, was basically created to stop leftist movements in Canada. And uh, <laughs> it, it has a long history of like arresting Canadians with communist ties and then just holding them in prison for years without like giving them any rights. There's actually like a, a law passed like in, I think the twenties uh, before world war two, where basically like if you were suspected as a communist, you could be arrested for as long as needed and you had no rights, uh, which is a little known Canadian fact. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a little sus Canada. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you don't really hear about that too much unless you go to a labor history class in university. But I think that should be kind of bigger <laughs> um, historical thing that's I taught. I wonder what they don't want you to know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then so like to see like this movie portray that what like I was taught in university. I just felt uh, really interesting and gave me like a better perspective of how that infiltration would have worked. Uh, on the ground, and I just found that to be really well done, and yeah, just kudos to to this movie for doing that well. Also, shout out to Sid Hatfield. Man, it's weird to see a cop on the right side of a labor thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like, 
seems like a, seems like a pretty questionable guy. But like, hey, he did he did one thing right, right? Yeah. Like he killed those private cops, and he looked good doing it. But when when he pulls out the two, the two pistols, oh man, I was like, oh, I was in hype. Like that was my like end game. Yeah, and, and like I thought, like the 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 like did the shootout really well. Like I, like oftentimes from this era, movies were not bloody or they were super bloody. And I think yeah. this movie does a good job of like being like bloody without being like gory, but also not like hiding stuff from the audience. If that makes sense, it's bloody, but like everything cuts so quick. But, like it doesn't cut too quick. Like you see a shot, it cuts to the next shot. Like it, it holds for it holds enough. Where you get to see what happened, but not enough to linger on it because the, kid, the, the, the characters don't get to linger on this. It's, it's not. It's not glorifying it. It's just exactly. showing you what's happening and moves on. It, like like the, the aftermath, you have the the lingering wide the 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 no, what do you say? No, not the establishing shot, but like a, a bit of a longer walk th- walk through the the scene after, mm-hmm. but not yeah. while it's happening. Which yeah, is really good. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I just want to mention about this movie, now that we're kind of talking about the the final fight scene, uh, we do get to see um, uh, Mary McDonald's character, Elma, shoot one of the detectives, which is pretty yeah, satisfying. Um, what a great scene. What a great scene. Uh, but what I kind of want to mention is that I think this movie does an interesting job of kind of discussing the importance of women to labor movements. Yes. That like yes. you often don't hear about or see about in movies. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think that... Um, like John uh, Sales really does like a, a clever job of like portraying uh, like the woman back at the camp, like making food so that like the workers can actually like survive the strike. Uh, and like p- putting clothes together that isn't company clothing so they can keep those. Yeah. Or like stealing food from the company in the uh, like uh, case of Mary McDonald's uh, character. Um, and just shows like that, like women are just a big a part of labor movements as the men, which is often not what's said, but is always going to be the case uh yeah. so yeah i think this movie does a really good job of handling that obviously like you could talk more about women but i think that this movie does a good job of balancing that um i'll i'll recommend uh, i'll i'll link this article in the show notes but slate did a really uh good interview with uh john sales about this movie oh, okay. which which i would uh highly recommend reading uh where he kind of talks about this uh there's one time where he basically disses uh, Woody Allen uh, movies for love, being love, love <laughs> for being too white, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, like, like too much like focus on like white males, and he was like, like sure, like do what you know, but also like push past your boundaries sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, like the second the, the, the secondary protagonist in the, in the in this film is a black man. Yeah, James Earl Jones was great in this movie. He's amazing. He was like the star. At this time, like like he was like while well, everyone else like went on to have pretty good careers, uh, yeah. James Earl Jones was like kind of the biggest star. And uh, again, I was reading about this movie a bit, and apparently, they were originally just looking for a James Earl Jones type because they didn't think that they could actually get him. <laughs> uh, and then they're like, you know what? We can't find anyone who's like him. Let's just give it a try. And he said yeah. yes. So uh, well, he he does it. all the performances are, are amazing in this movie. But yeah, James Earl Jones plays a, a great character in this movie. Um, yeah, it's it's a really well acted, well edited. Uh, the sounds interesting. Uh, it was actually nominated for uh, best cinematography. Yeah. Um, so what what do you think of the cinematography and uh, the uh, the coloring specifically? I, I found interesting. But I want to hear your thoughts. I loved 
loved how natural the, the, the lighting felt. It, it it felt it felt very Malick in a way. Mm-hmm. Like all, all the lighting feels natural. Like like it's coming from either the sun or like in scenes where it's where there's where there's, where there's a light source, it's coming from that light source. So the, and then and then that that if it, it, it did feel very Malick and like oh is this actually a documentary? Mm-hmm. But like. Um, the way, yeah, the way he held some shots. Yeah. But I'm surprised that was the only nomination. Well, not surprised. <laughs> Disappointed. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised it got a nomination, if I'm being <laughs> frank. Yeah, right, right? Like, it's weird to see an indie film like this get a nomination. Because you, you usually have to be, like, indie, but, like, by by proxy of, like, a studio. Yeah. No, I, I was uh, quite impressed. I... I would have given it all the nominations if I <laughs> was voting yeah. by the Academy, but... Uh, we're nominated Chris Cooper, we're nominated James L. Jones, we're nominated John Sayles, we're nominated... Yeah. Uh, I would, yeah, the, well, yeah, he did yeah. writing. I would do him for writing and for uh, directing. Directing, yep. Um, I would say it, it had some of the best editing, so I would, I would yep. give it the nomination to who did the editing. I think it was... Oh, there's um, a... Sonia Polanski. Yes. Uh... Yeah, so, well, yeah, great movie. <laughs> uh, great film. Let me just see if I have anything else to say. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, so, sort of my, my final point, uh, you can say whatever you want after this, but uh, my final point is that I think this shows uh, how rights are fought for and they don't come naturally. Uh, yeah. Like, it's not just because the boss is a is a good person that you get your rights, like like a weekend or yes, anything like exactly. that. that. That didn't come by just because a boss one day was like, you know, it'd be great as if we gave our workers more time off. No, it's because yeah. like there was like literal fighting. People literally died for you to have a weekend. And exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Like when there's people who flex on like working overtime or working like, no, like, no people fought and fucking died for you to have a half hour lunch break. A 15 minute coffee break or 10 minutes in some places. Yeah. Or like benefits. Uh, yeah, exactly. A two day weekend. All these things were paid for with blood, workers' yeah. blood. So fucking be grateful and do more. <laughs> yeah. Please. And don't don't go don't 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 gloat in your. Oh, I'm working this much. I'm getting this much, this, this, this one much money. No, that doesn't help anyone. Fuck yeah. off. Welcome uh, to Cam's rent corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I have one more thing to say. So, I think what what like kind of really touches me about this movie. So. Like, I don't have a whole lot of, like, family history. So, like, I have a very small family, and we don't really talk about our family history that much. So, like, I don't really have that many, like, traditions and stuff like that. So, I, what I instead kind of associate myself in, like, I, I think it's very important to, like, connect with a past. And I find myself very connected to, like, a leftist past. And I think that this yeah. movie does a good job of kind of connecting people who weren't alive or weren't a part of this movement yeah. at the time to be, feel connected and kind of understand. And I found that to be very special to me, particularly as a, a labor student. And just, I think, yeah. uh, a must watch for people. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that if, if, if I had been around back then, I would have been on the, on that side, on that good side Yeah. of, of, of history, killing private cops and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we get into our, our review? Oh, Oh, it's great. I literally ordered the Criterion Blu-ray right before we recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say I love it and go ahead and watch it. It's a great film. And you will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. Yeah, if you want to watch it, it's not, it's actually, I found it on the Internet Archives for free. 
yep. it's also on YouTube. Uh, the YouTube version kind of sucked. And yep, I was like, that's when I watched. I, I watched that one. I was like, you know what? I'm sure there's a better one somewhere. And I kept on looking. I found on the Internet Archive. They have a 1080p version on the Internet Ooh. Archive. So check that I'll out. S- I'll hopefully soon have a Blu-ray version. Nice. Please. I will also have that soon. But also, us as socials want to you know, share share art and stuff like that. So exactly. the Internet Archive is great for that. We, we love libraries. Libraries are our good anti-capitalist thing that is still in our society in my opinion still how much longer we'll see but I'll, i will fight and die for the fur library gosh dang it yeah uh, my my latest instagram uh story was literally support your local library because yeah they are very important to society in my opinion exactly anyways a, a mind a mind that that a mind that reads a mind that thinks a mind that thinks gets things done i don't yeah. know I, or even, or even if you just want to like watch movies like through canopy and stuff <laughs> or, the, or that <laughs> i have the libby audiobook thing where instead of paying for paying for amazon which yeah i have some books on hold i have to wait like four weeks for but like i'm not i'm not, I'm not giving bezos my dollar exactly so that's great uh anyways uh what's your review on this movie what's your oh t- two thumbs up all the way to the sky same like just like the Mennonites in the prison pain I, I go two thumbs up. It's literally one of my favorite movies I've ever watched, I would say. I am plugging that to my Letterboxd Top 4. <laughs> as you should, as you should. Yeah. Uh, um, let's make a movie of the Battle of Blue Mountain, or someone who's talented. Please yeah. make a movie of the Battle of Blue Mountain. We, we could talk about like Canadian history. There's lots of stuff. There's like the yeah. uh, the Fisherman's uh, Union strike and stuff Ooh. like that. Lots, lots of cool Canadian history. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, why don't we get into the letterboxed game? Oh man, I, I won last time, but man, I've been missing lately, so let's see how this goes. Alright, are you ready? Always. Number one. Imagining packed movie houses where audience burst into rapturous applause at Mary McDonnell wasting a union-busting copper with a shotgun. Oh, applause. <laughs> Just applause in that moment. Number two. The best bracket class war epic. Number three. In this particular case, fuck subtlety. And the final one. I want to strap free market libertarians to a chair and make them watch this clockwork orange style. (laughs) Like some of you feel... No, 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 those are fake. Um, I'm gonna go number. Was number was number number one the the movie house? Yes. What was number two? Sorry. Number two was uh, the best bracket class war epic. Okay. Um, what was number one? Number one. The movie house is the one that I made. Yeah. You are incorrect ah. I made the second one the best bracket class war epic I was this close well, this close I say as you can't see my hands <laughs> close, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades as they say <laughs> and wait well, hey, hey that's the difference between shooting a private cop in the arm and shooting a private cop in the finger exactly there you or go the, whatever. Yeah. anyways do you have any recommendations for us this week whoa you also have noises now. <laughs> uh, my value vacuum right now. Cheese and rice. Um, my <laughs> recommendation will be, um, how I recommend Andor formally. Yes, many times. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'm gonna recommend. How have I recommended Star Trek: Strange New Worlds? Oh, uh, 
Maybe. Okay. Well, <laughs> if I have, then then great. Then great. If I haven't, also great. Um, it's the newest Star 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 Trek show. Um, it's currently I mean, it's on break, but it, two seasons have aired. Only ten episodes per, so it's a lot more manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, great production value. It it's a pre- pre- prequel to the uh, uh, original series. Follows the, the, the Enterprise before Kirk. So Captain Pike is the captain. Played by Anson Mount. You have a young, younger Spock, younger Uhura. Like it has a very has several characters from from the show, but just a, a, a younger version. So like Uhura's a, a cadet. Mm-hmm. She's on the bridge, but like she's not like the fallen officer yet. But she's like the, obviously the, the, the talent is there. Great show, by the way. It's a, sorry. I mean, obviously <laughs> I'm recommending it, but it, it's great. The the intro is great. Really diverse. It's like I feel like. It's what Roddenberry would would wanted to do if he could have been more progressive, or if or if he, if Roddenberry hadn't been alive in the sixties, if, if he had been alive today, this is what he would have made. Yeah, it's oh, a lot I, more d- diverse and great. That's a great recommendation. I I often am like, hey, have you ever seen Star Trek: The Next Generation? That's a great example of how socialism could work. <laughs> um, yeah. My recommendation is a graphic novel called Drawn to Change. Uh, it is a graphic history of working class struggle in North America uh, done by the uh, Graphic History Collective here in Canada. It's uh, a, It was actually a textbook for one of my labor history classes. And if you found this movie to be interesting and want like a pretty palatable and interesting way of reading more history, uh, it's a great book and I highly recommend it. If you, uh, if you are in Winnipeg, you could uh, borrow it from me, and uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, that's my recommendation. Lovely. Well, love comic books, and I love class warfare. So. Well, what more could you want? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's been our podcast this week. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week when we talk about something. Something. Bye-bye now. <laughs> <laughs>